At the time of this recording, the annual inflation rate is above 9% in the United States. This has been the highest rate of inflation since November 1981. In today's video, we're going to dive into five ways that you can battle against inflation with five different investments to store your money because I'm telling you, if you have large lump sums of money in your bank, like your savings accounts, you're losing against inflation. Like, take them out. They need to go somewhere else. They need to be housed somewhere else because they're not growing with the rate of inflation. So if you kept it in there for the next, like, 10 years, it's going to have a lot less purchasing power than if you were to invest into one of these things that I'm talking about in today's video. These are five things you can invest in to make more money as a teacher, even with the huge amounts of inflation that we have been seeing in the past year or so. Hi, my name is Bree, and I help teachers master their money so they create wealth and no longer live paycheck to paycheck. If you're looking to make more money as a teacher, I recommend checking out my Teacher Millionaire Money Plan where I give you my step-by-step -step detailed budget plan on how I created 12 streams of income while working as a full-time teacher and investing into real estate, cryptocurrency, and a bunch of other investments all on my teacher salary. The link for that will be available down below. Now, before we dive into the five investments to beat inflation and to allow your money to grow with inflation, we need to talk about one of the most important things that I think you need to know, everyone needs to know and understand. And I was never taught this in school. Like I never knew about this until I started diving deep into how money works and what is money even, and how do we value money as a society? So I need you to sit down, I need you to relax, and I need you to listen to this information I'm about to share with you. So what I need you to understand and to educate your children on, your students on, like everyone around you, is something called the gold standard and how it does not exist anymore, which is why we have inflation in the first place. So the gold standard put simply is back before World War I, the United States, the dollar was held equal to gold. The value of gold was held equal to the value of a dollar. It kind of kept it like checked and balanced. It made sure that inflation wasn't happening because gold is a resource, right? It's a resource that there's only so much of on the planet, so it's kind of scarce. So that dollar holding with that gold, like you can't mass produce more gold, it comes from the earth. So when the dollar was held with this gold standard, it just kept that value. It didn't shift and adjust, it didn't become inflated. We're gonna dive into a little bit of history because history is so important to unlock so many of the questions that we have about our current society and how money works and why simply things just aren't really working out right now. Now, for example, before World War I, $1 was equal to 1 20th ounce of gold. And to be precise, one ounce of gold equaled $20.67. And like I said, because it was, it was law to hold currency equal to this gold standard, it did not become inflated because there's only so much gold, right? So that means there's only so much money going around, right? Okay. 
okay? Now, the interesting thing about the gold standard is the gold standard existed before banks were even established and invented. So before there were banks, the gold standard was around because before banks, you know, we traded with gold coins. We traded with gold bars. Like that was our currency was gold. For the past, I think, 2000 years, societies have used gold to barter and pay things with. So what happened was banks were created and established and people found trust into banks because it was easier for people to trade in their gold to the bank in return for bank notes because gold was just really heavy to carry around and like chipping it off and like, you know, you know what I'm trying to say, you know, receiving change or bartering and paying for things were a lot simpler with these paper types of exchanges. Okay, these bank notes for gold, like their IOUs, I like to think of them as. So when people would turn in their gold to be housed in banks to keep it safe, right? To keep it safe, the bank would exchange the gold with federal reserved bank notes, like special IOUs, like there you go. This equates to the ounce of gold you gave me, okay? It's, this is how paper money came into play. Now this is a very important thing I need you to understand. It's so, so, so important. The United States phased out the gold standard, and keep in mind, the entire world ran off of this gold standard, okay? Now, the United States phased it out in two major steps. The first step came in the 1930s under President Franklin Roosevelt, where the government broke its promise to the people to exchange those federal banknotes, those federal IOUs, in exchange for gold. They broke the promise, so they no longer accepted these IOUs for people's gold now. So the banks had all these people's gold. People could not get them out anymore. The Federal Reserve, who owns the banks, were not allowing people to retrieve their gold that they held in, no longer um, accepting those Federal Reserve banknotes. And actually, gold coins and those banknotes, those Federal Reserve banknotes, IOUs, were actually outlawed. You couldn't use them. People were told and there was laws to go against receiving these banknotes as form of payment. So then the citizens were told to turn in all their gold to the Federal Reserve. And you have to understand that it probably wasn't as blunt as that. There was probably a lot of like games being played and like manipulation and like there wasn't anything transparent about it. Now the thing is when the government was telling people to turn in their gold coins and turn in their gold and this was no longer being accepted, like I like to just think of how was that worded and how did they make that sound like it was a good idea for citizens to go, okay. It's like, how did they manipulate the citizens to know to do that, you know what I mean? It's very interesting. So now let's fast forward 30 years later into the 1960s where the United States had all this gold, right? They ordered their citizens, let's take all the gold now we have in our reserves. However, because of mass purchasing for wars and other things as such, the feds continued to print money so rapidly that they were running out of gold because still at this time, the gold standard existed, okay? They knew how valuable gold was, which is why they wanted all of it, and they just were overspending, overspending, 
instead of stopping the overspending and like stopping the deep-rooted issue of why are we even overspending, President Nixon just decided to sign away the gold standard. So the gold standard no longer exists. And that is why the government is able to just overprint, overprint, overprint all of this money. It doesn't equate to anything anymore. So the most important thing I need you to understand is that this gold standard, it was like a form of checks and balance that we use like in America, you know? We want to make sure our government is being checked and is in balance. But with this being signed off, the money is just being printed so rapidly and that is why we're seeing inflation and we know what happens when inflation runs rapid like it's burnt in world war ii with germany um you can look at other countries like venezuela it's not ideal at all like obviously but this is when we have to ask the tough questions and the tough questions are why why did the government sign off on the gold standard? Why didn't they stop the overprinting? Why do they wanna get rid of this check and balance in terms of value with money and the American dollar? So put simply, the gold standard put a limit on the governments and limited their money printing. It like didn't allow them to go overboard, but they signed off on it anyway, so because each dollar represents a section of gold that exists and you can't mass produce gold. Now, the federal government with pure intentions or with ill intentions, I don't know, that's up for us to decide, I guess, thought that money printing would be a good idea, over money printing would be a good idea. Well, I guess they're not, you know, literate in ancient history because interesting thing about like inflation and, you know, governments is, the same pattern repeats itself over and over and over. And for some reason, we're not like learning on past history. The same thing happened in ancient Rome and that civilization fell because they kept chipping off gold on the coins, right? Gold coins, they kept chipping gold off of them until it became inflated. Same thing's happening now. Now, this is a very important fact I need you to understand. Listen up. Listen up, listen up. This is a super fun fact, it's so fun. Your traditional government-based currency, such as the US dollar, must go by a fancy name, fiat currency. And the reason why it needs to go off fiat currency is the name now, is because cryptocurrency exists. Fiat currency, AKA the American dollar, is described as a legal tender, a legal form of money, like coins and dollars and checks and has that value of being a valuable currency right now because the government says so because the gold standard doesn't exist anymore you know who says money is a thing and, and money holds value is the government the government determines if it's valuable so we're literally running our entire society like the world's running off of this dollar that is all based on trust. That's it, it's not based on anything else. So that goes into like my whole thing about money being energy. I'll get into that in more videos to come, but I think it's just so important for us to understand the history and how we got here and how we can fix it for ourselves. And that's where these investments are gonna come into play for you. I have five investments that's gonna help you make smarter decisions with your money so it just doesn't get burnt one day like in, freaking Germany in World War II, burning money because it's not valuable anymore because the government overprinted it. Gets me a little angry. It gets me angry, but 
it's, it's fine. It's the human experience, right? Like we're here for a reason. We're here to learn these lessons and to do better for ourselves and for our kids and our students and like everyone else in our lives. Like we are here to do better. I am not going to fall victim. So the first investment that you can make to beat inflation is to invest into real estate. Yes, real estate could be, depending on the time you're watching this, it could be hella high. We just invested into our second house at the time where real estate is just so high, OMG, OMG. And it came to the point for me where I said, I don't care how high it is. I'm not gonna let my money sit in a bank. I view this house as a bank because historically real estate grows with the rate of inflation and that's because real estate is essentially land, right? And with land, you can't grow more. You can't overprint land. It's an earth resource that holds value. So that's why I'm so confident. And, you know, I always think real estate is a great idea depending on your situation. For my husband and I's situation, it was a great investment to invest into the second home. And we're going to continue moving forward. I forever will. We have the intention of passing down this house in Vegas to our children. So this is like something that's gonna stay with us for the rest of our lives and we're gonna pass it down, pass it down, pass it down. Now, real estate is a great wealth building tool because in America, there are things called fixed rate loans. And typically when you buy a house, you could do like a 15 fixed rate loan or you could do a 30 fixed rate loan. And it's a good thing because you're fixed at that rate. The government isn't gonna come and tell you, oh, we're gonna spike up your mortgage rate because we can, no, it's fixed. So for our first house, for example, we bought the interest rate at 2.9, but the second house, I think the interest rate is at 5.2 and it's fixed that way. And with inflation keep going up, like I'm fine with it, it's cool, it's chill. Now you could do this play in two different ways. You can buy and rent, because when you buy on that fixed rate, it's always gonna be that same mortgage every single month, and then you just charge your tenants, and you build this asset of real estate over a long period of time, and if you ever wanted to sell it, then you could, and you can, get that money back with inflation. So for example, with the first house we bought, we bought it for 300, it's now priced at like 475 and that was three years ago and we bought it. If I would have kept that money that I used to invest into that house, if I would have kept it in my bank, it would have just died. It's not as like powerful because the whole point of investing is to put your money into places where it continues to grow and it works for itself, like money working for money and growing and growing and growing. Now, another way you can run this play with real estate is you can buy and hold a property for a super long time, like we're gonna do with this house. And for example, my parents, they bought their, well, technically my mom bought the house before my parents were even married. So my mom bought her house in 1990, I guess, in Southern California, and she bought it for $90,000. It's now worth $450,000. Like if she would have just kept that 90K in a bank, it would not have grown to $450,000. So there's just another example for you. Buying and holding into real estate, to me, is like putting my money into a bank that I know has better interest than actual banks do. If I were to put my money into Chase, which is what I hold for my checking account, it's 1%. Like, are you kidding me? That's a disgrace. F you, banks! <laughs> the second investment that you can make to beat inflation 
even on a low budget teacher's salary and to make more money as a teacher is investing into commodities such as gold, silver, investing into stocks like stocks that are for oil or natural gas EFTs. That's all in the stock market that you can invest in and you just put money in there and it's gonna grow, grow, grow over time. Like for example, my husband, his grandmother, my husband was actually adopted, fun fact, I don't really know if that matters, but when my husband was adopted, she opened an account through the stock market of investing into corn and corn is a commodity. So she just invested this little bit of money, right? This little lump sum of money. And now my husband's 28 and it's like doing very, very well. And it is absolutely beating inflation. So just things like that, you can put your money into stocks that are commodities like corn and natural gas and gold, or you can buy actual gold chunks and actual gold silver and put it in your safe. There are many things that you can do with that in the stock market. Just do your research and what you think is best for you and your family. The third investment that you can make to beat inflation on a low budget teacher salary to make more money as a teacher is to invest into Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. I am such an effing fan of cryptocurrency because cryptocurrency is equal to gold, but it is digital. Now you can't mass produce cryptocurrency. You cannot mass produce an overprint Bitcoin because there's only a certain amount of Bitcoin that's ever going to exist on the blockchain. So Bitcoin is like gold 2.0. And you could even, if you wanted to, and this is something that I'm choosing to do, I'm not telling you to do this, it's just an idea. Um, with my 403B account, I have a video all about 403B accounts. I am choosing to invest that money into a Bitcoin EFT. So that means it's ran through the stock market, but it supports Bitcoin still. So that's what I'm choosing to do. So I have like money in the stock market with like companies and also with commodities like the corn I talked about and um, now Bitcoin EFT. And I also have investments into actual Bitcoin and other types of cryptocurrencies. And it's all about diversifying. And then I have investments into real estate, like diverse, diverse, diverse. You don't wanna have all your eggs in one basket. And then you just get told, oh, that doesn't exist anymore. Sorry. Oh, you have a hundred K in cash? Sorry, we overprinted the crap out of it and now you can't use it anymore. <laughs> now, the fourth investment that you can make to battle against inflation, even on a low budget teacher salary to make more money as a teacher, is to invest into, believe it or not, Rolex. Rolex watches, and it's because of the material that's used with the watches, it's like, gold it truly is gold and silver and like those commodities um that are from the earth they're very very valuable like if it came down to it and they were in a situation where like currency money doesn't exist i don't really like to think this way but it's nice to like you know get that perspective on what would you do people would say oh i would trade the rolex because it's equal in value to like gold so interesting right it's all about the value of the items it's not really like the item itself, it's about the value. The fifth way that you can invest in battle against inflation, even on a low budget teacher salary and to make more money as a teacher, now this is really cool, invest into collectible cars. That might sound really random, but it's really cool because now, right now they're, and depending on certain states that you live in, 
there are laws being put into place where certain like engines and gas powered vehicles are going to be outlawed in years time moving to the future. And what's going to happen is if you own one of these collectible cars, I'm not a car person, but if you invest into one of these cars, it's going to be worth big, 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 big money because they're rare, right? Like if someone who's just in love with cars wants to find a convertible Porsche, that's a stick shift, right? That is like a certain type of vibe for them. They're going to pay big money in exchange for it. And that's a great way to invest, I don't know, $50,000 into a collectible car. And then 50 years from now, how much is it going to be worth? So the key to creating wealth is first looking back and realizing how did we get here in the first place, looking at the history behind things and seeing how we can learn from history. Because if we don't learn from history, then we're just going to continue to repeat this karmic patterns, these karmic things that keep happening and happening. It's like the other day I watched the Elvis movie and they literally tried to outlaw Elvis for his dancing. Like, what is that? That's weird. But then I'm like, oh, they outlawed gold to be used so they could just do it for the, it's just, we got to learn from history and not repeat it. And we have to be educated on it so we don't repeat it. Now, this is the really interesting thing in my entire life of living and I'm 28 right now, I have never felt so financially free in my entire life. Like, yeah, you log on to the computer or you look on the news or whatever and you see these buzzwords, inflation, hyperinflation, recession. And I'm here to tell you, because I am in control of my money, I do not feel it. I don't feel the impacts of inflation right now. I don't feel any type of way other than feeling fantastic and abundant as hell. And it's because of the mind shifts that I have made. It's because I'm in charge of my money and it's a choice. You have to choose to live this way. You have to choose to learn about the history and learn about how to make better investment moves and learn how to keep a budget that feels in flow to you. I still use the same budget system that I've used for the past 10 years and that's how I'm here. I'm here because I found a budget system that is personalized to me and I'm teaching you that as well. It's in my money plan. I'm also launching a course on it soon too. So just so you know, it's coming. But the thing is, everything that you see that is derived in fear is there for you to question. When I see something fear-based, like, oh my God, recession coming, it's all noise. It's all noise to scare me. It's all noise to lower my vibration and to make me controlled. But no, it's not working. <laughs> I'm not fearful at all, like at all. I am actually living an extremely abundant life right now, even as a teacher, like, and it's funny enough, I make the most money in my family right now. Like we still are more than enough. We have more than enough. We have so much that we can invest and we feel great and we don't let fear get in the way of our goals and our dreams. The thing that you need to understand is that no matter what happens in your life, you always have control. Deep, 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 deep down, your soul is in control and your soul knows what it's doing and you are always in control no matter what happens in your external 3D reality, you are always in control and you should never be afraid by what you see on the news or what you read about in newspapers or whatever. If anything's supposed to make you fearful, question the hell out of it and say, no, 
No, that doesn't serve me. Fear doesn't serve you. And because of the universal law of neutrality, everything just is. Everything just is. So if you're viewing something as fearful, you have to ask yourself why. And at the end of the day, you have to see that it's everything's neutral and your emotions are there for you to dig deeper and ask yourself why. And that's where you unlock a lot of codes and that's where you become empowered and you just don't give a F about what you see anymore on the news and nothing scares you anymore. Everything that we do on this earth and is all a game. This is all a game. And creating wealth is just playing a game. It's playing a game, a game of playing smart money moves and going out of your comfort zone and learning new things and doing new things. It's fun. It's supposed to be fun. Be sure to watch my other wealth building videos. I will catch you in my next video. I know this video was a little long. Don't really care. Like I love talking about this. Please give this video a thumbs up if you found it helpful or interesting. And please share if you think this video would help anyone else. I think everyone should learn about this and the history of what banks have done in the past and how it could potentially happen again. All right, thank you so much for watching. I will see you in my next video and cheers to love. One love.